What's up, everybody? How's it going? It's good to see you guys. Um, for those of you who don't know, because there are like, there's faces here that I don't recognize, which is incredible. It's awesome to like walk in after just a couple months and be like, okay, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? It means that La Palma is doing what it needs to do. And that's, that's awesome. But for those of you who don't know, I'm Elliot. I'm the oldest and wisest of the <laughs> bland children. And humblest. And hum most best humblest. But uh, this is Butler, and he has the best grammar too. Yes, and Daisy. 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 Um, yeah. Okay. So we're here to introduce your guys, guyses, your guys's speaker. Like she said, I do have the best grammar. So um, we're here to introduce the speaker for today, which is my mom. Which is lucky for you guys, because. She's going to kill it, and she's going to bring the word. Um, and I just want to say right now, like, how thankful I am to have you as a mom. And, uh, and just, like, like, how you've always just shown us an example of what it means to just be sold out for, for Christ. And, like, you really don't care what people think, you know? And that's, that's awesome, you know? And it, I don't know, it's incredible to see that in you and, like, I, I think I've always heard it growing up, and I've, I've heard about how you lived your life, but now I'm starting to really appreciate it and really recognize it, and, and it's powerful. And, uh, and so let's, let's give it up, because she's about to kill it right now for Karen Bland. says she was better in the first service. Okay, so yes, you can all be jealous because I do have the three best kids in the world and four best kids and Joe. That's not, I'm, I'm just telling you, we're not going to forget Joe. And who? Oh, and Mel. Mel's here. I love you. And oh, there's a little poop up there. Hello, Zoe, Zoe Faye, hello. Oh my goodness. Happy Mother's Day, Mel. I love you. I love you. I love you. Well, you know, um, I said in the first service, I, uh, I, this whole ordination uh, adventure, I've I taken it very seriously. And um, I hope that calms a lot of you. It's, uh, it is a very serious thing. When I first was offered, when they first offered the ordination to pastor's wives, old pastor's wives, I just kind of laughed at it and thought, that's ridiculous. And quite immediately, the Lord uh, let me have it and said, who do you think you are saying that you're not going to do this? And so I did. I filled out the paperwork. I jumped through all the hoops. I got my references. I did everything I was supposed to. My CBC transcripts, my associates of art degree in arts degree in Bible transferred over. And then I got the email that said that I had been accepted for ordination and to go buy a dress. And in that moment, 
I was overwhelmed, overcome, that this was the place that my journey had brought me to. And the responsibility that comes with being ordained to preach the word and to take that responsibility of leadership because you have to know that there are requirements and uh, expectations when you accept that call and go to that next step. And I, I did not, I did not take it lightly at all. And the, in the last two weeks, getting ready to go to the ordination service, I have been overwhelmed by God's spirit. And he has spoken things to me that are amazing. Things I haven't told my husband. And on a district council night, I think it was uh, Wednesday night, Tuesday night, there was a prayer service and, and we went up front and we were praying and at the end of that service, Pastor Moses came up and said that God had a word for me and God used Pastor Moses to confirm so many things that I had been praying about and God had been speaking to me and I am, I am excited about the future and what God's doing and I, I am walking into this next step, eyes wide open, heart wide open, ears wide open, and uh, I know that this is just a part of the great things that God has for La Palma, and I just want to be ready and willing to do whatever he has, and not tell him I'm not going to do it. So, I had a just a silly, amazing, funny, very cool video to start this whole thing off, but I'm going to forego that because I'm amazing and funny and really cool, so you can just get me. <sighs> Let's see. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to everyone here. You know, uh, Steve's been leading us through this series on the anatomy of God, and so, of course, Mother's Day fell right into this path, and I thought how great it would be to talk about and study the anatomy of mom. Now, that can get a little creepy, so don't worry about it. We're not going to, there's not going to be any weird photos or anything other than just that. There won't be any other weird photos to look at. Where, where did it all start? Where did we all come from? You know, um, this past summer, uh, Steve and I went to Europe for our 25th wedding anniversary. And in this trip to Europe, Steve was sure to make sure that I went to Scotland. And it was very important because my family on my mother's side is from Scotland. My grandfather was first generation. He was the first generation born here in America. My great-grandfather came over on the boat from Scotland and settled here. So I have grown up with stories. I have met a cousin, Cousin Muriel. I have eaten horribly bad scones and experienced all of this. But there's always been a desire to actually see where it all came, where, where it all started. So through Ancestry.com, I followed the little shaking leaf all the way through and found that my family was from a little town called Airdrie in Scotland. 
So Steve and I rented a vehicle, and we drove on the wrong side of the road, and we went all the way to Airdrie, Scotland, and we spent the night, and we researched, and we found the resting place of my great-great-grandmother and my great-great-grandfather. I've never seen them. I, I don't even know that I've really seen pictures of them, but I felt a connection. I was able to actually find their resting place. They've been gone so long, the tombstone's gone, but I was able to stand on their resting place and touch and experience that. And it was an amazing, amazing thing. I was able to go to the street, to the corner, to the house where my great-grandfather lived and grew up. And it, it really kind of solidified who I was and helped me figure out a little bit more of my ancestry. I'm going to take it a little back, a little further back for all of us today, ladies, in discussing the anatomy of mom. And we're going to go all the way back to the beginning, to the garden. Genesis 1:26 where is where it all begins. Then God said, "Let us make man in our image after our likeness." Man in this verse is both male and female. So let's read on. He created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. Then the Lord God said, "It's not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him." Now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock, the birds of the heavens, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, Hallelujah. This at last, can you imagine he's been seeing elephants and hippopotamuses and cows and monkeys? Then he said, this at last is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called, and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of the man. There she was, Eve, woman. There are three specific parts of her anatomy that I would like us to consider this morning, non-creepy parts of her anatomy. The first are her brains. Eve was brilliant. She was smart. She was very smart. She was made in the image of God. God's not a dummy. Made in the image of God, handmade by him, and the perfect partner. Underneath brains, I want to look at intelligence. She had intelligence. She worked right beside Adam. They were equal at that point in time. What he did, she did. She was his partner, worked at the same tasks as Adam. Extremely intelligent. 
I mean, just imagine. She walked in the garden with God, conversed with God. It takes a smart, smart lady. Genesis 3.1 says that the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. And it's important to note that because this serpent, the shrewdest of all wild animals, was the one animal, the one being that tempted and was able to get to eat. It wasn't some dumb elephant or some cow. It was the shrewdest of all the wild animals. You know, we ladies are smart. We have intelligence. But we shouldn't rely on our intelligence. Let's read further. I want to go a little further in Genesis chapter 3. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Now we'll stop there. Because it's important, ladies, for us to note that the enemy didn't force her. He didn't physically make her. He simply asked her a question. Did he? It's important to note that because we ladies like to have all the answers. I admit it. You can amen. I like to have answers. If you ask me a question, I'm going to give you an answer. My kids will tell you. I give them an answer to everything. It may not be the right answer. It may not make any sense. But I am not going to let a question be asked that does not have an answer. This one time, Jenny, it irritated her. And it's one of my favorite... Jenny and I, we were, I don't know what we were doing, but we were going somewhere, and there was this man who had a vehicle. And it was a bike, but it was a car. It was the weirdest, it was pre-Stacy Trotter. He could have not even, he could not have imagined anything like this. And we were intrigued by it, and Jenny asks me, the older sister, hey, what do you think that is? I'm going to give her an answer. I said, well... It's a car bike. She was so angry with me because it was ridiculous. I didn't know what it was, but I was going to give her an answer, so I said, it's a car bike. So to this day, Jenny and I, if we're talking and I give her a ridiculous answer to a question, she'll look at me and say, car bike. It is important, ladies. We feel the need to answer questions. We're intelligent. So the enemy started by asking her a question. And then she answered him, verse 2. Of course, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. The woman replied, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. I like this verse because it's important to note that she's having this back and forth with the enemy and he's trying to get her to do something that she shouldn't do. And anytime the enemy comes against us, ladies, we are able to fight him with the word of God, with scripture. And we are able to tell the enemy what God says. But isn't it great that Eve 
she actually walked in the garden the evening before with God and was able to tell the enemy firsthand, no, 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 this is what he told me last night. I was just talking to him, and God said that you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. The enemy didn't give up. He said, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Verse 6, the woman was convinced. Eve was smart, but she allowed something to happen. She entered in to a conversation with the enemy. She should have never entered into that conversation. She allowed her intellect to get the best of her. The woman was convinced. She saw the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate ate it. We need to learn this lesson from Eve. Never enter into a conversation with the enemy. Never enter into a conversation with the enemy. You will never win. Never go down that path of dialogue with him. This is what you need to do. You need to trust fully in God. And the smart thing is to have faith and not second guess. He's going to ask you questions. He's going to throw ideas at you. He's going to tell you certain things. But the smart thing to do is not to enter into this conversation with him. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Ladies, the intelligence that we were given and we have inherited from our mother Eve, let's use it wisely. Do not enter into conversations with the enemy. Resist him and he will flee. She was intelligent. She also had influence. Now this, this is an added little bonus because influence, you see, is the capacity or power of persons to be a compelling force, to be a compelling force on or produce effects on the actions, the behaviors, and the opinions of others. That's what influence is. Influence, good or bad, is more powerful than any authority because influence is a heart thing. Influence is a gift that women have been given. Notice Genesis 3, verse 6, the end of it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. All she did was take the fruit and do this. Now, she was naked. There's that. That may have come into play with it, but I'm not really sure. We'll get to that point later. But I'm sure, men, you have a naked woman handing you an apple, you're going to eat it. I'll just get get that out right there. It's not rocket science, okay? Apple, she looks at Adam, she hands it to him. She didn't have it sliced up. There was no peanut butter. You know, it was just here. And he ate. Ladies, 
that wasn't a good thing that he did it, but look at that gift that she had been given, influence. I have influence on this man because I can affect his heart, which then controls his decision-making. Women, we have the gift of influence. We were born with this. I mean, listen, we were born with this gift. Men have to go to seminars to learn how to be influential. <laughs> John Maxwell books out the wazoo on their shelves trying to learn how to be influential. <laughs> Ladies, it is a gift that we have received all the way back from the garden. Now, influence good or bad? This is the bad kind of influence. Come on, let's sin together. Let's disobey together. But there is a good influence, and it is found in 1 Peter 3, verses 1 and 2. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Influence. Affecting the heart to change actions. Women, we have been given the gift of influence. Eve was no dummy. She had brains. But she was also a beauty. She was beautiful. Imagine it. I mean, she's the first. She's the original model. The perfect woman. She didn't have acne. She didn't have any chickenpox scars. There was no weird genetic anomaly that she had received from her grandmother's grandmother's grandmother. She was amazing. Pure beauty. Beauty, and there were no cosmetics involved. No cosmetics. Now listen, I'm not a hater. I love me some makeup. Sephora, they know my name. I come walking in, hello Karen, what color lipstick you gonna get this time? But, I don't wanna hide behind it. Don't hide behind your makeup. It is a good thing, but somewhere along the line, Ladies, we have bought into the lie that we can't go anywhere or do anything without our face on. What? What are you talking about? You can't go anywhere or do anything without your face on. That's a little creepy to me. All right, Joe, hold on a minute. I like makeup. I like how I look with makeup on. I know you appreciate the way I look with makeup on. And I understand that. But this is really me. This is the me. Hello. This is the me that God created. I like it. This is the me that he sees on a regular basis.
Don't hide behind your makeup. You have believed a lie that that is important. First Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4 says, Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of your hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with imperishable beauty of a gentle spirit, a quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. That hidden person of the heart, imperishable beauty of a gentle spirit and a quiet spirit. I know, ladies, that we would very very quickly be okay to walk out that door and to be a part of life without taking the time to put on color. But maybe, just maybe, we do it because not so much of external influences, but maybe that influence that stands next to us day in and day out. So just hang with me a moment. Men, be very careful be very careful that you are lifting your woman up. That this gift that God has given to you, you love no matter what. Encourage her to be who she is without any pretense, without any additives, just her. Because it could be that the pressure or what she feels the need to make herself somebody different might be coming from you. Be careful, because if that's the case, then if you have daughters, they're going to feel the same way. We need to love. I was telling Claudia this morning, it, it was after the curse. When the curse occurred, after he ate the fruit, sin occurred, and the judgment was passed down. For the woman... Part of the curse was is that her desire would be for her husband. Now, that, not, that didn't mean sexually, but that meant she would want to please him and to meet up to his expectations for the rest of her life. Her desire would be to please her husband. Men, we want to please you. But let us please you as ourselves and who we are. I'm thankful that I know that you have a great leader because Steve is, you, you couldn't get any better. And Steve, I'll, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Steve has loved me fat, skinny, tall, well, you know, no matter, every stage of my life, Steve Bland has loved me. And this is who he loves the most with nothing, no additives, <laughs> just plain old generic granola Karen. No cosmetics. All right. There is this love letter in Song of Solomon that's pretty hot and steamy, um, but it is also a letter from God to the children of Israel. So if we read a part of this letter thinking that God has said this to us ladies, it's Solomon 4, 7, it says, 
You are altogether beautiful, my love. There is no flaw in you. Imagine, God the Creator says that to you today. You are altogether beautiful, my love. There is no flaw in you. You need to believe it. Ladies, I want to challenge you this morning to believe it. Believe it. And then live it. Live it. Because there is a generation, a young generation coming up behind us that need to find who they are, who they are in Christ. They need to know that this, this is beauty. They need to be comfortable in their own skins. There is nothing worse than being uncomfortable in what God has created you to be. Okay, no cosmetics, no clothes. Now don't get scared. I took off my makeup. I took off my makeup. I'm not going to go that far. No, uh, yes, hallelujah. No clothes. Genesis 2:25 says, "And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. They were both naked, like no clothes, completely nude, naked, and they were not ashamed. You know, I, I love watching home movies of my naked children. I do. I do. There is nothing better. Elliot wasn't in the first service, so I totally dogged him out. I have this one video of Elliot and Maddie, and I, and I think Butler, but Elliot and, and Maddie for sure, they were just babies, and they had just taken a bath. Cousins take a bath together, but it's okay, they're babies. And they got out of the tub, and they're completely naked. And they're completely naked, and Elliot wanted to listen to his dad's CD, so he put on his dad's CD, and Elliot is running naked as a jaybird around the dining room table singing, Hallelujah! Everything flying in the wind. It is the best. I can black market those for you if you'd like to see those later. It's cute. We've all, we all have those. But I'm telling you what, I'm not going to put on that CD now, and he's not going to strip down, and he's not going to run around the dining room table naked. It is not right. There's no way. You know, sin entered the world and perverted that nakedness. We love seeing naked babies because they're innocent. They're innocent. They're naked, and they love it. They're naked and we love it because they're innocent. Nobody has told them, nobody has told, I, I think it's a little Stella. Nobody tells Stella, you better put your clothes on because you got little fat wrinkles and that is inappropriate. <laughs> right? That cellulite is scary. You need to cover that up. Nobody's told her that. She's innocent. We've lost our inner innocence. Sin has perverted it. And so we've covered up. You know, only those who look a certain way have the right to show skin. I will say this. Somewhere along the line, I have found that my arms aren't as attractive as they used to be. And I, every Sunday, I'll pick out an outfit. 
I have a lot of sleeveless things at home. I'll pick out a sleeveless outfit, but then I'll layer it. Because I don't want you to see this. <laughs> I cover it up. Because somewhere in the course of my existence, it has been said that that is unattractive. It's not right. I didn't wear my Spanx this morning either. So I'm out there and I'm loving it. <laughs> I can breathe. Listen, I am not a skinny woman hater. That is not my point. Because even thin women have issues that you cover up. Why? Who told you? Who told you that your arms looked bad? You know what? One of my greatest memories is sitting on my grandma Dupler's lap and playing with this. <laughs> I'm thankful because now Isabella and Judah can climb on my lap and play with this. My children are completely <laughs> It's sad though. Sin entered the world and we covered up because we believe, we believed and we still believe a lie. No cosmetics, no clothes, no competition. No competition. Eve was the premier addition, the one and only. There were no supermodels in that garden. She was it. There were no centerfolds in that garden. She was it, baby. That, it was it. There were no other women in that garden who were four sizes smaller than her. No one taller, no one thinner, no one younger, no one prettier. There was no competition. Steve and I, while we were in Europe, we went to the Louvre, and let me tell you, there is not a skinny woman to be found in the Louvre. Have you seen what our historians consider beautiful and art? It is amazing. No competition. So who decided, who in the course of all of this decided what was acceptable? Who decided that a size 14 is a large and a size 4 is a small? Who decided that working out is really cool? I want to meet that person. I'm telling you, I did the whole 4 a.m. go to choose fitness. And while I'm there, I'm thinking of Kimmy's and their cinnamon bun <laughs> pancakes. I'm like, as soon as I get off of this machine, I'm going to go get me a pancake. Now listen, I am not a hater. I am not a hater. It, it is good to be healthy. It is good to work out. I still have my Choose membership. They still, I pay them every month. <laughs> ay, ay, let me, do, let me throw this in, though, ladies. If you're rising up early in the morning to get to the gym to make yourself into something that the world says you ought to be and you are not taking time to find yourself in the Word and meditating and praying and finding out who He wants you to be, then that's a sin. That's a sin. That's for free. Why do we give in to all these social mandates when we don't even know where they originated? 
I want to show you a few statistics that I found. Low self-esteem is a thinking disorder in which an individual views him or herself as inadequate, unlovable, and or incompetent. Once formed, this negative view permeates every thought producing faulty assumptions and ongoing self-defeating behavior. Among high school students, 44% of girls and 15% of guys are attempting to lose weight. Look at this, over 70% of girls age 15 to 17 avoid normal daily activities such as attending school when they feel bad about their looks, 70%. More than 40% of boys in middle school and high school regularly exercise with the goal of increasing muscle mass. Now this isn't, that's not so bad, but in order to increase the muscle mass, sometimes it's not just working out. Sometimes it's also adding chemicals into your body to get there quicker. That's where it really gets a little tricky. 75%, 75% of girls with low self-esteem reported in engaging in negative activities like cutting and bullying and smoking and drinking or disordered eating, the wonderful cocktail of bulimia and anorexia. Seven in 10 girls believe that they are not good enough or don't measure up in some way, including looks, performance in school, and relationships with friends and family members. I want you to watch this video with me. It was my choice. And now I will question myself for the next few weeks, maybe months. We had an option of two pathways to walk and they led to two doorways. It was a bit confronting actually, to be honest to see these big signs and feeling like you had to choose and be self-conscious of how you perceive yourself and perhaps if it lines up with how the rest of the world perceives you. I went through the average door. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't even hesitate. <laughs> 我走的是一般。Am I choosing because of what's constantly bombarded at me, what I'm being told that I should accept, or am I choosing because that's what I really believe? I walked into that door with said average and I didn't feel really good after that because obviously I had rated myself average and nobody else. She just gives up. Todos os dias eu passo pela porta comum 
E ontem foi um dia único e eu optei por passar pelo Bonita. I wanted to go through the average door, but my mum just pulled me over to the beautiful door. It was quite a triumphant feeling. It was like telling the world, I think I'm beautiful. I just wish more young women realized it. I think I would walk through the beautiful door. Thank you. 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 Somebody really beautiful looking back at me. Beautiful is a great word. So why not see what's on the other side of that? I have watched this video for weeks, preparing for today. And uh, every single time, it moves me because I have chose the average door my entire life. But not just that. I need to, I did it in first service, I want to do it this service. I need to apologize to my girls for choosing the average door. And by me choosing the average door, you follow suit. I apologize. Please forgive me. And I promise you that from this day forward, we're going to walk through the beautiful door. We will walk through the beautiful door. Ladies, take a moment to repent. Take a moment to repent, to tell the creator who fashioned you, who created you to be beautiful, take a moment and repent for not believing that and for choosing the average door. And once you've done that, then take your daughter by the hand or your niece or your granddaughter and apologize to them for choosing average, for not believing that you are what he intended you to be, and make a vow that from this day forward, you will walk through that door. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. So when did we quit believing that? When did we decide different? Psalm 139 is powerful. I want to read it to you this morning, starting at verse 1. It says, God, investigate my life. 
get all the facts firsthand. I'm an open book to you. Even from a distance, you know what I'm thinking. You know when I leave and when I get back. I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say before I start the first sentence. I look behind me and you're there. Then up ahead and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much, too wonderful. I can't take it all in. Is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit, to be out of your sight? If I climb to the sky, you're there. If I go underground, you're there. If I flew on morning's wings to the far western horizon, you'd find me in a minute. You're already there waiting. Then I said to myself, oh, he even sees me in the dark. At night, I'm immersed in the light. It's a fact. Darkness isn't dark to you, night and day. Darkness and light, they're all the same to you. Oh, yes. You shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You are breathtaking. Body and soul, I'm marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived a one. Pastor Moses, come. What a creation. When was the last time you looked in the mirror and said, wow, what a creation. I hope some of you can say, well, just this morning when I got ready for service, I said, girl, you look good. But I am sure that there are many of us who have believed the lie. Eve had brains, she had beauty, and she had babies. You know, Genesis 3.20 tells us that the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all things, all living things. So even after the intelligence, the influence, the no cosmetics, no clothes, no competition, all of that, after the sin, after the curse, after the punishment was handed out, she was gifted and called the mother of all living because she still gave birth to three sons, one of whom was Seth, who went on to be in the line of our Savior, who then led on to our very existence today. After the curse and after she believed the lie and everything was said and done, she discovered that she wasn't so cute anymore. They realized that they were naked and they hid. And God, like so many times before, came to the garden looking for Adam and Eve and they were hiding. And he said, why are you hiding? And they said, because we were naked and we were ashamed. And I love what God said as 
this point in time, he said, who told you that? Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you need to be ashamed? So this morning, ladies, I want to ask you that same question. Maybe you have found that you're maybe not as smart as you think you should be. You don't have the intelligence of the lady sitting next to you, or you have made some really, really horrible decisions. Not smart. And you have allowed that to take control of you and to define who you are. So this morning, I want to ask you, who told you? Who told you that you were not brilliant? Or maybe you have heard it said that jiggly arms aren't, aren't acceptable. Spandex is the way to go. Whatever those things are called. You have to look a certain way. You have to hide. You're too plain. Maybe you've bought into that. So I want to ask you, who told you that you're not beautiful? Maybe you feel like you're not strong enough, not wise enough. You don't have enough to, to do what you want to do, to become who you want to be. Who told you that you're not courageous? Finally, maybe you feel like you just can't do it. You've believed everything, and you cower in a corner, you cover up, you hide, you're not confident. Who told you that you're not confident? I'll tell you that it is not the Creator, God Almighty Himself. He's not the one. He says that you are altogether beautiful. There is no flaw in you. I have made everything beautiful, he says. Everything beautiful. You are wonderfully, wonderfully and marvelously made. So this morning, I want you to join me. I want you to join me. And I want you to grab those people in your life. And I want you, mom, come too. I want you to find what lie you have believed the most. And I want you to walk confidently with those people in your life and accept the fact that we are beautiful. We are beautiful just the way that we are. That's how God has created us. So in this moment, ladies, stand up and quit walking through that average door. We're no longer going to walk through the average door. Find the door that God has created. Take off your jackets and your sweaters, jiggly arms, and get up here and find your confidence, your brilliance, your beauty, and your courageous in Him.
here all ladies should be up front by now mother or single this is not really a targeted Mother's Day message necessarily that's what I love about Karen she's sure to include mothers and others all the ladies really I want to invite you to come Fran please come come share come please you may have the opportunity to actually pour into another someone. Mm. Ladies, I want you to find someone right there near you. Take their hand. Put your arm around the shoulder. Begin to pray for them. That God would pour into them. Come on, just maybe hug them. You're important. You're brilliant. You are so special to God. You're beautiful. Something beautiful, something good. Oh, my confusion, he pray for the women of La Palma today. Ladies, cup your hands up to God. He's about to pour into you this morning. Hallelujah. You're overdue. And on this Mother's Day, you get a gift like none other. Hopefully you're getting a gift today from your children, you know, maybe your husband. But you're getting a gift from the Father. I'm talking about your heavenly father. On this Mother's Day, whether you are actually a mother or not, you are getting a gift from Father God. Cup your hands up to him right now. Lord, you see the hearts of the women here at La Palma. Varied in age, married and single, divorced, different ethnicities, different colors of skin, here they are, women of God. We ask that you pour into them, Lord. Give them confidence in you, first of all, which will translate to confidence. 
in every other area of their life. If you feel beat down, come on, you're especially getting a gift from God today. Confidence and courage is coming to you right now. Thank you, Lord. You matter. You're important to God. Lord, I pray your blessing, Lord, on the women of La Palma. Bless them, God, and use them powerfully. We give you thanks and we give you praise. Men, don't we appreciate the women of La Palma? Come on, men, get up on your feet and let's honor the women of La Palma today. We salute you. We honor you. We thank God for you. We believe in you. Amen. Be sure that you take mom out. Don't make her cook your dinner today. Take her out. Or you cook for her. That might be risky for some, but Karen and I have a gift for all of the mothers today, so please, before we dismiss you officially, um, I, I want you to give us an opportunity to get back to the door and love on you. Amen. Elliot, why don't you come? You, just sn you snuck in here today, so I'm going to let you close us out in prayer and just give a little blessing on the moms. All right, here we go. Dear God, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for uh, all that you've done. And, uh, yeah, I just praise you for what's happened in this service, God, and for renewing the confidence in these ladies' lives and for showing them that they're beautiful and that they're brilliant and uh, courageous and confident because that's how you made them, not because anyone says they are or because they have to feel that way, but that's how you made them, God. And I just thank you for that right now. Um, I just lift you up and ask that you would bless the rest of our day. Help us to have um, a good Mother's Day. In Jesus' name, amen.